today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. We uh, move uh, to Canada Day, of course, which is Saturday, Canada 150, and uh, all the celebrations that will be happening in Ottawa, especially in Parliament Hill. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit later on about security measures uh, because ISIS has already weighed in on this and suggested that Canada could be a target, etc. So obviously authorities have responded to that. But before that, uh, I want to talk about what's happening on the Hill right now. And I don't want to confuse these two issues because uh, you know, when we talk, talk about uh, terrorist threats and things of this nature, uh, that's an issue separate and apart as far as I can see from, uh, from protests and peaceful protests about uh, uh, circumstances that are happening in this country right now. And to that end, I want to talk about uh, what is going on now and has gone on over the last number of hours on Parliament Hill. Demonstrators have now erected a large teepee on Parliament Hill to protest Canada Day. Uh, the demonstrators had tried a previous attempt uh, that had been thwarted by police. Uh, as of uh, about 9 o'clock this morning when we went on the air, the TP was still up there. And I, I'm assuming, and at least I'm hoping, that they're going to leave it there. And uh, I'm hoping also that the people that are protesting up there will have a voice uh, and the federal government will start listening to what is going on about some of the concerns. Joining us to talk about that and the reason for the protest, uh, Vanessa Watts, who is a professor in Indigenous Study Program at McMaster University here in Hamilton. Vanessa, thank you so much for the time. It's great to have you with us again. Okay, thank you, Bill. Let's talk a little bit about about why they're there and, and, and the legitimacy of a protest like this. Well, uh, the reason why they're there, from what I can tell, is to, to demonstrate um, that there's still a, a sovereign relationship between Indigenous peoples in Canada that is not being respected or engaged with by the Canadian government. And so at this time when these celebrations are at the forefront of Canada 150, this is not only a reminder that Indigenous peoples have a distinct relationship with Canada, but it's a way to try, I think, to dialogue and engage the state in terms of promises, I mean, century-old promises um, that the Canadian state has delivered and negotiated with Indigenous peoples for in terms of a nation-to-nation relationship. So I see it as both a reminder and, and as a talking back to the celebration. I mean, there are those in Ottawa, in government, and, and I'm not, so not, not talking about elected officials. I mean, we're talking about people that have been in, in the bureaucracy there, too, that would just love to have these issues still pushed back to the back burner. Uh, I, I think it's, it's instructive, and I think it's proper that that, that we talk about these. And uh, it just seems as if you know, when the photo ops are over, and and you know, elected leaders make promises, and let's face it, this government and some and past governments have done the same thing. Uh, it seems to be part of a twenty-four hour news cycle, Vanessa, and then they tend yeah. to forget about it. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that once the hype of Canada One Hundred and Fifty does dissipate in the coming weeks. Um, so will this media attention and attention on Indigenous issues. And that's why, in some ways, it's so unfortunate that it's always the burden of Indigenous peoples to bring forth these reminders of, of not protests, but reminders of promises, right, that have, that have been there for hundreds of years. So I do see it as unfortunate in the same way that you do. The uh, the issues are, are numerous, and and I, I think you know we all have to to look ourselves in the mirror here in situations like this, and and we see this and say, well, this is terrible that this is happening, especially during Canada Day weekend festivities. Uh, I would suggest it's probably the best time because uh, you know we're talking and mm-hmm. celebrating about our country's birthday and the birth of this nation, and and that's to be celebrated. But I guess we need to ask ourselves, Vanessa, at what cost? And I think that's a great question, and it's also important to situate how Canada became a nation, and Canada became a nation um, through a commitment to uh, treaties with Indigenous peoples. And, I mean, you, can, you call it treaty federalism. That's how it's, how, it's, uh, how it's known. 
that a nation's sovereignty, in this case Canada, um, was validated or confirmed through its international agreements with Indigenous peoples that were laid out in the Royal Proclamation of 1763. And that was by Queen Victoria, by the way. This is not the Canadian government. This is the British government. No, that's true. Um, And then once Confederation happened in 1867, there was a commitment to take up those principles, even with the sale of Rupert's land, et cetera, et cetera. It was a commitment to take up those principles, and that unfolded in the treaties that were negotiated within the next 10 years. It was also contradicted in the Indian Act that was put in place in 1876. So both were happening at the time of Confederation. Yet we tend not to think of these unless something happens, unless the Caledonia incident from years ago here in the Hamilton area occurred. Uh, and, and we look at, and as governments have suggested, you know, well, well, no, we do talk to, 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 uh, to indigenous peoples and we do negotiate. And, you know, and I know the Harper government was pretty proud of the fact that they, uh, they cut a number of deals with a, a number of, uh, of groups, of course, up in the, in the northwestern part of British Columbia. But that was in anticipation of the Olympics being there. And they just wanted to, to kind of, I guess, ease the, and, and quell the waters. And, and that's fine. But, I mean, you know, the motivation for it was, was questionable at the time. Uh, and, and then we forget about it again. And then right. somebody like uh, just, well, Jacob, our producer, was just playing, you know, the tragically hip going into the segment here. Yes. You know, and there was all the help about Gord Downey. And, uh, and, of course, you know, the night after that final concert, where does Gord go? He's at Adabatpasak, of course, because he believes in this this and, and talks about this. And uh, we we apparently need somebody to remind us all the time, whether it's Gord Downey or whether it's a, a protest on Parliament Hill, that this is a problem that's not being addressed and not going away. But what's ironic about that is that Justin Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, on Aboriginal Days, just a few days ago, announced that Langevin Block um, on Parliament Hill was going to be renamed out of respect to Indigenous peoples and the relationship to Indigenous peoples. And Langevin was considered one of the fathers of Confederation. He was also one of the fathers of the residential school system. Mm -hmm. Hence, his commitment to change the name of Langevin Block. Now, in that commitment, he also committed an Indigenous space on Parliament Hill. So he said that not only are we going to change the name of the building to the Prime Minister's office, but we're going to um, erect a building or a space for Indigenous peoples on Parliament Hill. Uh, And then we fast forward to last night, and we see actually Indigenous peoples aren't welcome on Parliament Hill uh, to create a space for themselves. So I find that to be quite an incredible paradox, actually. Where's this going? I mean, do, do, do incidents like what happened last night, and, and I share the same in, incredulous approach to this as, as you, I, I don't understand why police all of a sudden wouldn't allow them to do this. Uh, uh, and, and by the way, I, I don't know if it was public support or whatever, I saw a lot of reaction to this on social media last night, basically saying uh, to authorities, leave them alone, for God's sakes, and let them do what they want to do and what they need to do. Uh, mm-hmm. Bob Ray, of course, who's done a, and a great deal of work, of course, with Indigenous peoples uh, mm-hmm. to do with mineral rights and land rights, etc., is, is obviously one of their strongest supporters. And, and that's great that you have a champion like that. But you would think that uh, that, that voice should be coming from the federal government and, and from regional governments, too, and we don't hear it. No, we don't hear it. Um, and and I, I anticipate that what is going to happen is that... Uh, um, the people who are there demonstrating and engaged in ceremony in the fact will be ultimately, they'll be allowed to stay, even though some have been charged with trespassing and release. They're no longer allowed to go near Parliament Hill for six months, the ones that were um, initially arrested. Um, so, But I do anticipate that people will be allowed to stay and allowed to demonstrate and allowed to engage in ceremony. But I don't know that that's actually going um to engage Canada in the way that it needs to be engaged. But importantly, what it does do 
is it, it puts land first. It says that this is Algonquin unceded territory, and, and we understand that, and we are continuing our relationship with the land uh, despite uh, what the Canadian government does or doesn't do. Are, are you bothered, uh, as, as I think many people are, if I've looked at some of the reaction on, on Facebook and on Twitter over the last little while, Vanessa, about how some people are viewing this and, and suggesting that this is this is raucous behavior. This is a uh, this is what they were talking about about security, etc. This is this is a public protest about some very legitimate issues. It's it's far different from from what people are talking about about quote unquote security issues in my mind anyway. Absolutely, but I, I mean I don't think anyone is surprised from uh, you know from indigenous groups that this has been part and parcel with any time indigenous peoples come together to engage in ceremony or in protest or in occupation. And in this case, it was very clear from the people who gathered, the Indigenous peoples, that this was ceremony. This was not protest, that this was ceremony. However, uh, things get hijacked all the time in terms of uh, what we put forth about what we're doing and how that gets reinterpreted um, in order to manifest some kind of security issue, right? And so then that increases the fear of the public, uh, and I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's a teepee. It's a teepee, which is a gathering space, a ceremonial space. Well, as we celebrate Canada's birthday, uh, it may feel uncomfortable for some people, but I think it's very necessary for all of us to understand and to be reminded of, as you just suggested, the framework with which this country was actually constructed and the agreements that were made in London, England, about uh, the the cooperation and collaboration between Indigenous peoples and, and this new Canadian government. And uh, we, in this, this side of the ocean, seem to have forgotten that. And a reminder such as what's going on in Parliament Hill can only be a good thing. V- Vanessa, thank you so much for spending some time with us. I really do appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Okay, thanks, Bill. Take care. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.